looms large, sorting British kids into the different educational paths which will determine their future. I remember the 11 plus, I didn't take it. I went down with some kind of flu at the time or whatever it was. And so I didn't actually get to take it, which I was immense. I think I had a psychosomatic disease. As I just, exams are the thing that'll kill me, you know, I mean, it's, Jesus. You either became a professional, basically, uh, of whatever, you know, and, uh, or, you know, you dug the ditches and, uh, and you do, you know, what working men do. And of course, being kids like that, you don't realize that you're being uh, streamed <laughs> into one aspect of society. And, uh, you know, you're being dumped or you're being elevated. You have no idea, right? Anyway, I took the middle route and got expelled. And which I, <laughs> I recommend heartily to any red-blooded English schoolboy. As far as I was concerned, I they'd heaped humiliation on me and I, I weren't going to take it anymore, you know. You break it with one form of authority and maybe after that you start to question other forms of authority, you know. There was always something about being told what to do, especially without any reason. Good evening. Welcome. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, and I have started or restarted my journey into my life as a Rolling Stone, the Epics series that came out in August. I just finished Mick's episode. Each Rolling Stone has their own episodes. Unfortunately, Brian Jones doesn't have one. Brian Jones has been gone since 1969. Charlie Watts has one. Charlie Watts died last year at the age of 80. So episode one is Mick. Episode two, which I'm on right now, is Keith. You just heard some some uh, interview footage of Keith Richards. <clears throat> the next one, I believe, is Ronnie Wood. And then the final episode, episode four, is Charlie Watts. I wanted to talk about Keith because, like many of you, I listened to the Life audio uh, auto, or audiobook read the book where Keith Richards basically talks about his life. He talks about his love for the blues. That's where it all started. His grandfather had a guitar and he says, if you learn to pl- if you learn music, I'll let you play it because he would stare at that guitar. So his grandfather planted that seed and fermented it. And then Keith started to listen to the blues and because that, that really was his, his love was the blues. That's what him and Mick Jagger bonded over as children. They grew up together. And then um, one day he said he was on the train and there was Mick and he had something under his arm and it was some records and they hadn't seen each other in a while and they rebonded and boom, the Rolling Stones were born. Keith Richards really is the archetype for the guitar hero. And that is talked about a lot in this episode of My Life as a Rolling Stone. When we think of rock mythology, and as I say that, I think of someone that I used to work with, Colin. Shout out. What's going on? Hope you're well. And we would talk a lot while we were at work about rock mythology. All the bands have it, even today. Even today. But... The Rolling Stones really 
you know, there was so much ethos into the mythology of what they really were about. You know, Keith would say, well, the Beatles got the white hat and we got the black hat. And the fact that the Rolling Stones have outlasted most of their contemporaries, including the Beatles. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, there's been a lot of infighting. There's been a lot of lineup changes. But the main components of the Rolling Stones, Mick, Keith, and Charlie, have, were at it for 60 years. 60 fucking years in rock and roll. And last year, Mick did an interview with uh, a friend of mine, George Stromvalopoulos. Uh, George, I consider uh, just a, a mentor and, and a friend and, and just our fearless leader of the LNC. And George's interview, Keith is like, well, you know, I look up there and I see my singer and he's up there and he's doing really good. And because he realizes... That's his singer, Mick Jagger, and he and his love and admiration for Mick Jagger. Yes, they've had their foibles. Yes, they've had their feuds. Jokingly, Keith refers to Mick as Her Majesty. <laughs> yes. Um, in this interview, you're going to hear people, Tina Turner saying how Keith never cared about his image. He was really about the music, about the sound. That whole mythology he created on his own. Like, you know, the, the, uh, even uh, Robin Williams does a joke about it where Keith Richards gets his blood transfused and, and Keith made up that rumor. He says, oh, yeah, I'm going to Switzerland. I'm going to go have my blood transfused like a Cadillac. Okay. Yeah. That, that is the mythology of rock and roll. He has a really great book called Life that came out in 2010. And when you have people singing the praises of that book and his, they, they like, I remember Bette Midler saying how it made her fall back in love with music again because of, of what Keith was talking about. Not just as a Rolling Stone, but as a man, as a boy who grew up listening to this music. Life is a memoir by Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards, written with the assistance of journalist James Fox, published in October 2010. Um, the book chronicles Richards' love of music, charting influences from his mother and maternal grandfather through his discovery of blues music. The founding of the Rolling Stones, his often turbulent relationship with Mick Jagger, his involvement with drugs and his relationships with women, including Anita Pollenberg and his wife, Patty Hansen. Richards also released Vintage Vinos, a compilation of his work with expensive Vinos at the same time. It's a, it's a really great book. And toward the end of the audiobook, Keith reads it. And I remember listening to it in my car and just cheering when I hear Keith's voice. Because Johnny Depp, he uh, narrates most of it. And then someone else narrates the rest. The audiobook Life won two prestigious audio awards for 2010. Audiobook of the Year and Best Biography Memoir. Additionally, the audiobook was voted the num Amazon's number one audiobook of the year. Um... Let me see. 
Yeah, because the narration. I love I love audiobooks. I love reading books, but when you're on the go, an audiobook is really just it's magical. It's and it's and it really truly is intimate. Um I think I listened to it. I started it in 2020 during the pandemic. And then I finished it in 2021 when I was commuting to work. And, you know, on a commute and you listen to an audiobook and it really makes you forget that you're in a commute and you're having to go to work and you're all these assholes on the road who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I forget the gentleman who reads the other half of the book. Uh, it will come to me. Um, this documentary, though, I love that it's told in different parts. And I'm just going to... Uh, tonight's episode will co- be called Keith, and I'm going to try to cover all four of them. But yeah, I when I heard about this documentary, I was like, oh my God, I got to watch that. I have to watch that. Because... I mean, you look at, and this is a film podcast and a music podcast, but if you look at the movies, specifically the Scorsese movies where they play the Rolling Stones, it's iconic. You hear those songs and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, it it really is. It's magical. Um, each episode is different. Sam Anthony dire- directed episode one. Or did he do episode... Okay, see, it's not specific. It should be. Um, you have a lot of different people talking about the Stones. Bonnie Raitt, Cheryl Crow, uh, Lars Ulrich of Metallica. That's the thing. When you know... When you know that Lars Ulrich is talking about the Rolling Stones, it's cool. It's cool. Come on. Come on. Metallica? Yes, Metallica's a little harder... But the, the rock ethos is there. The rock ethos is there. The mythology of rock is there. I mean, I can't, I can't stress that enough um, of the mythology and the embodiment of the Rolling Stones. And the episode with Keith, it opens with one of my favorite guitar riffs. And that's uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking. I love Can't You Hear Me Knocking. It's that dirty guitar. Um, It's been in several movies. You know what I used to do? Um, I used to go visit friends in Los Angeles. Well, they lived outside of Los Angeles. And sometimes I would go, like, for the weekend. I was crazy. Friday or Saturday morning, I'd drive there. We'd party. And then I'd come back early Monday morning. I'd leave at midnight and it was worth it. And I would play the Rolling Stones all the way there. Like, because I wouldn't stop, you know, I would gas up and just go. I would just go. One time I was really tired and I'm watching the the, the horizon as I'm going through the drive, the freeway, the, the five. And cause you, that was the fastest way you could go. It was the longest, but the fastest. 
because you could go 70 the entire way. So here I was blazing through that freeway, uh, listening to the Rolling Stones. Can't you hear me knocking? Brown sugar, satisfaction, last time. Um, I remember one time I took my friends, we went to the beach in Long Beach, and her boyfriend didn't like that I was playing the Rolling Stones, and the next time we had to listen to his music, and I'm thinking, yeah, the Stones are better than this shit. So, yeah. The Rolling Stones are a vibe. They are a vibe. And whenever I go somewhere, I just put them on, and it works. Whether it's Sympathy for the Devil, uh, Angie, uh, Wild Horses. Shout out to my friend Kelly. Her birthday was this week. Um, she loves that song, Wild Horses. Whenever I hear that, I think of her. Because when I first met her and we were in San Francisco and we were singing that song to each other, it's like, Wild Horses. And, um, and today also is my cousin's birthday. She loves rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Um, but before we end tonight... Almost 20 years ago, Kill Bill Volume 1 premiered. That is set. You want to talk about rock and roll? That is a rock and roll film because it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Okay? Okay? The imagery and the, uh, the fighting and the style and what Tarantino did. And I remember seeing it in the theater with my cousin, and it was just amazing. And then to see part two in 20, 2004, because originally part two was supposed to come out in 2003, but it got pushed back. They originally were one film, and they were split in two. Hello. Split in two symbolically with the sword. But, um, yeah, the Dr. Seuss film podcast. I absolutely love the stones i've never seen them i've always wanted to see them i don't know about now since charlie is gone um but uh yeah it's only rock and roll but i like it unpleasant dreams